Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me are both of my co-hosts, Alessandro Senator and Kayla Morton. Yay, you're both here. That's awesome. Alessandro, how are you? Doing pretty good now, Kyle. Doing pretty good now. Awesome. And Kayla, you? Great. Coming off a very successful fantasy week. Scored 213 points in a non-PPR, and I'll take that every week. How much Aaron, Aaron Jones in that league? Nope. Will Fuller? Yep. Which both of you told me to sit. You almost cost me my happiness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, Don't you have Fuller? the Eagles defense? Fuller? I told yes. you. Oh, I, no, I was all in on Fuller. I had him in my uh, D- my DFS article this week, too. You told me to start Philip Lindsay over Will Fuller. Oh, yeah, because Lindsay's a running back, and it's a flex. I didn't think Villa would do that good, to be fair. You're right. You're wrong there. I remember that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is football. Anything could yeah. happen. I mean, in all honesty, who thought that Will Fuller was going to go off that much? I mean, yeah, I did. running I backs have a better chance of going off than wide receivers. Well, to our defense, I don't know. Some of the receiver performances this year are kind of making you question that because, I mean, okay, you get a, a Dalvin Cook who can get these like massive performances, but like we've seen Watkins have a huge week and Fuller. And I don't know, it's it's the lower floor, right? Because, I mean, Fuller, his lowest right. performance this year is lower than anything Lindsay's done. And that's the idea, right? Like, I know for running backs, it's the floor, the safety. So sorry we told you to be too safe, Kayla. <laughs> no, that's okay. Any other week, Philip Lindsay is my guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Philip Lindsay is always my guy. I love him. UDFA came on, 1,000-yard season. Oh, yeah. Love him. Yeah, you I could have started I... him over James Conner or Ezekiel Elliott in that league and got more points. So, I don't know. I mean, okay. And we're talking about, like, just off camera, talking about how unpredictable football is. <laughs> the Cowboys, how do you not run the football more? I know I've written about it, I've reacted to it, but like... No, 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 Kyle, there's a bigger question here. How do you pay a guy $90 million in guarantees and not run with him more and he claims he's the best running back in football right now when you got guys like Christian McCaffrey just superhuming it? Right. Again, it's all that that first interception. That's, That's what undid their game. Cooper could have scored a touchdown, should have scored a touchdown on that play instead he volleyball and hands it right to, to Jair Alexander. Like it's football. Sometimes like just one play totally changes what a game is going to be. And then, I mean, the Cowboys still had chances later, obviously, but now that's, that's what undid it for them right from the get go. They couldn't run the ball like they wanted to Packers scored right off that drive. I mean, it should have been seven, nothing Dallas and then seven, nothing green Bay. So obviously I'm not complaining, super happy there, but <laughs> Not going to lie, the Packers are, are a lucky 4-1. and one. I think uh, th- they still have a, work, a ways to go. I think they, could, they, are, they have the pieces to win a Super Bowl, but they're not there yet. Well, the only thing I will say about Dallas, and I'll talk more once we get into the matchups, they are a front runner. Best way I can put it is like in horse yeah. logic. They are a front runner. If they're out in front, they will stay out in front. But if they got to come up from behind, they're not pretty. As we saw with the Packers. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like they totally had to abandon the run. And then, and for some reason, Tony Pollard started to get a lot of play all of a sudden. Like, he came in. I don't, I don't know if Zeke's hurt. Like, it didn't look like it. Because when he came back by later, he looked like he saw his explosiveness. So it, it can't be that. But, like, during the second quarter, they just started to go with Pollard for a series all of a sudden. And it was kind of important series, too. The game's not fully over. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know if that's Garrett or if it's Kellen Moore. 
I usually just blame Garrett for everything, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, he's not listed on the injury report, so yeah. I couldn't even give you a l- logical description of what the hell happened there. Because he looked great in the second half when he was trashing through our defense. It's like, okay, this is what they, you should have been doing. Again, not complaining, but why? <laughs> like, what's... Uh. Anyway, it's it's frustrating because, I mean, I started Zeke everywhere. I had him in DFS everywhere. He was like, oh, my God, he, you, you have to play him. Everyone has to play him. Like, it's not 12 carries. 12 carries. All right, let's get to week six. <laughs> Kayla, kick us off. All right, so Thursday night football, we have the beaten up Giants in Foxborough against the Patriots. Uh, The Giants have to be coming in at another huge underdog against New England this week. Um, The only person that I am comfortable starting if I am playing a Giants player in fantasy is Golden Tate, simply because he'll be the number one target because Sterling Shepard has another concussion, which is a problem. Um, This is the second concussion this year in a short amount of time. Uh, This one's going to be a lot more serious. He's going to be out longer. Uh, If I'm Golden Tate, I'm pissed off about my suspension that I still personally don't feel as though he should have been suspended for. Um, so he, the Giants are going to need him to step up in every way and be even more of a leader than he was expected to be when he came to the Giants. Um, with that being said, I would... I do have a sleeper pick on running back John Hillman. As we know, Saquon Barkley is still out. Um, and then Wayne Gallman suffered an injury last week. So they're going to go with Hilleman as their primary starter, but it looks like it's going to be running back by committee. But honestly, the Giants are going to have to run the ball at some point, and he's their best option. Um, You might want to start him in your league because week six has a couple of buys, especially if you have running backs, you know, in uh, Chicago, Buffalo, for example. I know I'm facing that issue with having David Montgomery and Frank Gore on by. Um, And injuries as well for running backs. The only thing that concerns me about Hillman is that he has 2.8 yards per carry. That also could be because of his game situations in the past couple weeks. you know, not really needing to play, kind of coming in for a run here and there, not really jiving into the game situation that much. Um, Obviously for the Giants, I'm sitting Evan Ingram. He's already ruled out for this week six matchup with an MCL injury. Uh, We don't know the severity of it at this time, uh, but he has already been ruled out for good reason. Uh, Also sitting Daniel Jones. There's just too many issues on the Giants. Um, especially on offense, to trust him to have a good well, uh, good game. Um, he didn't do well with his first test of defense of the year last week, and New England's defense is clearly much better. Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him with the uncertainty of the run game. Uh, then moving over to New England, you're obviously going to start Tom Brady. Um, he has only less than 20 completions once in that game against Buffalo. He has at least two touchdowns in four or five games and 27 points in standard leagues in four or five games. The only week that didn't happen was Buffalo, but that was expected with their defense. He also has 31 points in standard leagues in three of five games this year. Um, Also starting Sony Michelle. This is his second straight week against a bottom feeder defense. Last week, he had 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown and also caught three balls for 32 yards. Um, With Rex Burkhead possibly being out with his foot injury again, uh, anything in the red zone could go to Michelle um, because it's more likely to go to Michelle than James White. Although I have James White as a sleeper, especially if Burkhead is six out is still out. Um, He had six carries last week as well as six catches, and those would be elevated, especially if uh, 
any wide receivers miss time. They're currently all on the injury report, um, but there's nothing really to worry about with Julian Edelman, and I doubt there's something that would really keep Josh Gordon out of the game. The only wide receiver that probably won't play is Philip Dorsett, who still has a nagging uh, hamstring problem. He left in the first quarter last week, and he also did not practice yesterday. Uh, I didn't see a report on their practice schedule today. Uh, when I looked in the last hour, that could be updated, but monitor that. Um, cause it, it definitely... is updated. Oh, Phil okay. Dorsett well... is officially ruled out. Okay, then definitely sit him. Um, and in the wide receiving core, you're going to start Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. Um, Julian Edelman was only limited this week for maintenance, most likely. He's also going against the 31st-ranked defense in the Giants, and he has at least six catches and at least seven targets in three games, and he's obviously Tom Brady's favorite target in the air. Um, Josh Gordon, his role will step up with injuries to the key offensive players like Burkhead and Dorsett, who will take some of those targets and catches away. Um, I expect Gordon's... Uh, you know, stats to be elevated in the red zone, those to bolster. Um, we want more production out of him, and if Burkhead is out, that's two guys on offense that will help him get more production. Uh, obviously, you're going to start the Patriots' defense, too. They have at least five sacks in four or five games. They have a low points margin for every game, and they have an interesting pattern of interceptions by week. Week one, they had one interception. Week two, they had four interceptions. Week three, one interceptions. Week four, four interceptions. Week five, one interception. So if that pattern continues, they should have four interceptions in this game. And that's what I have for Thursday night. What do you guys think? Uh, just to piggyback on the uh, the running back comment with, with you know Michelle, the Patriots have run the ball 27 times in the red zone. Michelle has gotten 17 of those, and then five of those went to Burkhead. So with Burkhead out, that leaves, I mean, and Devlin had one of them, so he's out too. So you've got Bolden with one and Brady, who did a QB sneak one time. Other than that, when they're in the red zone and they're running the football, it's with Michelle, you know, now that Burkhead's out. So, uh, yeah, I love it. I think the Giants' run defense, whereas in DVOA, uh, it's above average, but I know they were below average last before last week, and I think part of it was playing uh, Washington, and uh, who did they play last week? Washington. Yeah, I was watching. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I obviously watched it really poorly on the ground because they were down so much, right? So the, they definitely went up in efficiency after one week. Uh, but I don't know that it's they're that great at that at run defense. Um, so, yeah, I think Michelle should be a great play. And considering Dorsett's out, I love playing White as well. I mean, anytime, anytime one of those three, White, Burkett, or Michelle's out, it seems like you play the other two because they're both going to get enough. But certainly with Dorsett out, I know I know Alessandro's going to mention Jacoby Myers, and I actually agree. I think he's a, if you're ever going to play him, this might be the week to play him. It's a really soft pass defense before they start getting to their difficult matchups. And no Philip Dorsett, that pretty much leaves Myers third on the totem pole of targets. Maybe fourth if you count White, I suppose. But Yeah, love me, my boy. Love and man, look, I, I just like underdogs in general. I mean, they are great, honestly, they really are. And um, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. And with your with Jacoby Myers, you know where you get. He's get he's just awesomeness. There's no other word for it. It's just awesomeness. Um, and yeah, and as and Kayla, just to talk about your Giants calls, I think you're right. There's really Golden Tate, maybe the only one worth playing. I'd even be afraid to do that. I could see this entire offense getting shut out and don't see the upside. But if I agree, if you're going to play one player, it's it, it's got to be Golden Tate. 
he's fresh. Like you said, he's hasn't played yet this year, so he's fresher than everyone else. But it also means he's a little rustier than everyone else. Yeah, it's true. He just might be available too in your leagues. I know. You know, I'm looking. He's available in all my leagues today. Not really Jones in to go pick him up, but with the buys, like I said, and injuries to receivers. I mean, he's maybe he's more of a sleeper than anything based on who you have on your team. But hey, you may need someone this week based on your matchups and your buys and your injuries. So. Especially if you have a, like a lot of players that are questionable, sometimes, okay, I know this guy's playing Thursday night, but maybe it's better to put him in and then instead of get to Sunday morning, like, oh man, I need another receiver somewhere, right? Like, oh, if only I'd played Golden Tate. I, I could, I get that, the, you know, knowing yeah. the certainty that he's playing. And again, he's probably going to get a, a huge target share in his debut for the year. Yeah, yeah no, I, um, I wouldn't play any Giants just because they're going to get shut down really hard. That's just me. I mean, obviously, if you don't have anyone on your uh, roster that you can actually play, then obviously you're going to play a Giant. But for the, for the time being, I'm not playing the Giant. I'm sorry. I mean, as, good, as much as I think Golden Tate's going to do well, he could get you a Giant zero, right? I mean, they, the Patriots could, could just, oh, Golden Tate? Yeah, let's completely shut him out. Let's and go, like, Daniel Jones. Show us what you can do with, what, I guess, Cody Latimer and, and Russell Shepard? <laughs> Yeah. See, here's the thing. Like, here, all right. So here's the full injury report because you know me, Kyle. I like the injury report. Philip Dorsett is out with the hammy, right? Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead was limited in practice all the way until Wednesday with a foot injury. Patrick Chung, who he already got in trouble this year with um, certain narcotics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna leave he it did. at that. He did. This is this is an accurate statement. He he did. Just, we're gonna leave it at that. Um, he was limited practice all week with a heel injury. That's not very, you know, I'm not saying Danny Dimes is going to beat the Patriots. Let's get that clear right now. Danny Dimes is not beating the Patriots. What I am saying is that we may get some points depending on this injury report for now. Because I got to get to the Giants injury report too. But for right now, looking, Patrick Chum, he's a safety. He was limited practice all week with a heel injury. Nate Ebner, he's a DB, he's CB, safety, slash, wherever they need to put him. Limited practice all week. Julian Elman, like you guys said, it was just for maintenance. Limited practice all week. Josh Gordon, need limited practice all week. I mean, look, just they got two DBs out with the number one DB out. Then the safety of Patrick Chung, he was looking good until you get to the Giants report. Evan Ingram, Wayne Gallman, Sewing Shepard, uh, Saquon Barkley are all out, obviously. Um... Lorenzo Carter, their OLB, he was limited in practice all week. He's very questionable because he has a neck injury. Alec Obeltree, he was limited in practice until he was limited in practice Monday, but full practice the rest of the week. He is in. Nate Soldier, um, he is in because he was limited in practice. Now he's full practice, just like Alec Obeltree, which is a huge boost to their O line, and he's playing a formal team, so he knows how they run. Um, Josiah to. Josiah T. Let's leave it at that. Uh, he's in, and Tate Davis. Uh, he has concussion. He was a full practice all week, so obviously he cleared concussion protocol. So, just looking at the report, you're looking at two DBs on the Patriots side that are questionable, limited practice all week with injuries that you don't want to have in a DB. Now, if it's like his shoulder or like something stupid, like I don't know, like a forearm or something like that kind of injury. That's one thing. But if it's their heels or a high groin like Nate Ebner's is, that worries you a little bit. 
And then you look at the Giants, and it's like, nah, I'm not worried anymore. Well, and the thing is, Evner's he's a good player. And, and the, you know, that type of secondary versatility is totally a Belichick type of player. But he's not really a starter for them, like, or, or really at all, actually. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know that that make, makes much of a difference. Even with Chung out, like, it's they've still got the McCordys. They've still got um, Gilmore. Uh, I, I, know, say Logan, I was, was going to say Logan like, Ryan, but like, no, he's gone. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, looking at this right now. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I I do want to say, Alessandra, you got us on track and got Kayla to start this segment. Uh, So you're playing host pretty well. I like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, So, but... So, Kyle... Oh, okay. Kyle, do me a huge favor and tell me what's your favorite cartoon. Do you like the Pirates or do you like the Panthers? What's your favorite cartoon? I mean, I was gonna say cartoon. I'd probably say Dragon Ball Z, but uh, or Dragon Ball Z in Canada. But uh, I mean, if I'm looking at the Bucks or the Panthers, I think I'd much rather look at the Panthers than jerseys are way better. But uh, if we're talking about in this game, I mean, obviously we mentioned Christian McCaffrey's the guy to play. Mike Evans. We talked about goose eggs, and he put up a goose egg last week, which is pretty strange i don't know I, that obviously didn't expect him to get two targets only one of them is in the red zone so he's in my red zone report this week but it's like it feels so empty putting him in there oh yeah you got you got the red zone target didn't do anything uh and chris godwin but i think those three are, are the only guys that you can really feel certain playing going over to london's weird i know we spoke about this last week not everyone travels really well and I don't know about the, the Bucks, Panthers. I don't think a lot of these players have gone overseas yet. So I don't know who's going to react well. Um, I definitely know who's not. Cam Newton. <laughs> well, yeah. We know he's not playing. So obviously don't play him in fantasy. Uh, so I've got a bunch of maybes here. Like Peyton Barber, I like that he did well against the Panthers in week two. But he has been losing some work to Ronald Jones. Barber's still the goal line guy, though. I mean, if I look at their red zone carries so far through the year, um, I know Barber's got at least last. Yeah, Barber has three from inside the five, whereas Jones only has one all year. So not to say that Jones never gets that type of opportunity, but it does seem like Barber is their preferred goal line back. So if there's going to be a rushing touchdown in this game, which... I mean, okay, the Panthers are basically the Packers in terms of, like, defense because they're both bottom five run defenses in the NFL, according to DVOA, but they're also both top five pass defenses. <laughs> like, it's really bad at one thing, really bad, great at the other. So, I mean, if the Bucks are going to beat them, it's going to be on the ground. I have Jones as a sit, but maybe now I'm kind of thinking, he could get some work, but, again, Barber's performance against them in week two is really encouraging. And if pass protection was the reason for that, and this defensive line, they need pass protection more. I don't know that that's going to change necessarily. So I would definitely favor Barber between him and Jones. Winston scares me just because this defense is really tough. He didn't do well against them last time. We've seen him have a monster game against the Rams. So I don't know what to think of Winston. But uh, so I'd, I'd consider starting him. But again, going over to London, I'd, I'd try and find other matchups. If I had better places. Like, And not that I like Kyle Allen better. I mean, the Bucks defense is definitely weaker against the the pass their their run defense is amazing and it's funny because christian mccaffrey talked about how superhuman he was the bucks shut him down last time they also didn't throw to him so i don't think i don't think norv turner is going to make that mistake this game like, he's going to get receptions and targets i hope anyway but uh you wouldn't want to risk benching mccaffrey i think both defenses though could be in play 
because um, I don't really know where to go with the the Panthers passing game. Uh, DJ Moore had a better game last week. Was definitely more targeted. Greg Olson had a big zero, but he also had a really great game against the Bucks two weeks ago. So it's trying to take what we've seen other than that Bucks game, but also look at that Bucks game as like, okay, this is the opponent they're facing this week. This might be the closest comparable. Um, I know DJ Moore didn't have a great game. Uh, Curtis Samuel had a decent game against them, so it kind of makes me feel like to lean him. But I don't know if I if I had other options, I'd look to avoid all these players. To be honest. Well, Kyle, um, as you know, I, I'm here in Panther country. I have to cover the Panthers a little bit. Um, let me dispel a lot of your maybes. Now, granted, this is only Wednesday, so the injury report can't change. But okay. for the Panthers alone, I'm counting two, four, six, eight, ten Panthers who did not practice all week due to injuries. Um, Mario Addison, their linebacker, defensive end, he is on a vet, uh, veteran rest day, so he didn't um, he didn't uh, practice, obviously. But uh, um, Greg Little, their tackle, he's in concussion protocol, so he did not practice. Christian McCaffrey did not practice due to the back injury because he, remember, at the end of the game, yeah, he uh, got hurt a little bit. So he did not practice with a back injury. Joe McCoy, did, uh, defensive tackle. Um, he did not practice with a knee injury. Christian Miller, um, their linebacker, other defensive end, um, he did not practice with an ankle injury. Obviously, Canyon is out. Eric Reed, their starting safety, he has an ankle injury. He is, did not practice. Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, he did not practice. Trey Turner, the guard, did not practice. Obviously, he was out last week. But That's true. Again, um, some other people that are noticeably on the injury report, uh, Brian Burns, their Linebacker defensive end, Dante Jackson, and Chris Manhurts. Um, they were all listed on there uh, because they had to be listed, um, but they were all full pra- full participants in practice. So this is definitely a developing situation that you have to take a look at, especially if you have McCaffrey and he did not practice due to a back injury and he had to be taken out of the game. That's mm-hmm. huge versus doing something stupid. And then you look at the other report for the Bucks and – Two, four, six, eight people on that box injury report. Only one practiced. <laughs> um, so Alex Kappa, Jack Chinchy, uh, Demar Dotson, Chris Godwin, uh, TJ Logan, Brashad Perryman, Namadok Sue, and Josh Wells. Chris Godwin's the only one that practiced. Everyone else did not practice. Again, it's only Wednesday, so um, – Take this report with a grain of salt for right now. The the most important practice is Friday, since that will more or less determine game status. But we can see a trend. And I'm not liking this trend, especially with all these injuries. So that that that's the first thing. The second thing here, in terms of rushing yards allowed, the Carolina Panthers have allowed the ninth most at 672 yards allowed this season. The number one being the Cincinnati Bengals. The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, they've allowed one of the lowest. They were right behind the 49ers at 349 yards this season. To put it to you prospectively, um, uh, total yards per game, the Panthers are the ninth worst. The Bucks are the fourth best. So, rushing... Uh, I wouldn't see much. Um, but in terms of passing, is a completely different story. So the Bucks have allowed the most passing yards in the league right now against them. 
And the Panthers have allowed the fourth uh, least, 985 yards versus 1,618 yards. So 700 yards difference. So, I mean, that, that's and the a only, lot. The only reason that they're uh, that far, like that they're behind the 49ers, the 49ers have only played three games, if you're talking about total rush yards there. So uh, I know in, D, in DVOA, they're, they're – ranked as the number one run defense. And I, I know I'm avoiding McCaffrey in DFS this week. That's for sure. I don't think he'll have a great performance, but it, how, how do you bench him if he's active? And I, at least with that game, we'll know before all the others. Um, but yeah, Kayla, do you want to add anything or do we move on? Yeah, we were talking about how uh, taking injuries kind of with a grain of salt because it's only Wednesday. Um, but McCaffrey is on the injury report with his back. Uh, you know, if I'm Ron Rivera, I didn't necessarily like his flip into the end zone of him landing on his back last game um, against Jacksonville. That was concerning to me. I would tell him not to do that anymore. <laughs> um, we've seen too many injuries just with players kind of flipping into the end zone or awkwardly, you know, diving. Um but obviously, you're not going to bench McCaffrey, but I think it is a good call to not play him in um, your daily fantasy just because of what he did uh, in week two. Now, that was obviously a poor choice for Carolina to use him uh, the way that he did and definitely probably you know cost a lot of people their fantasy options. Um, but looking at the Tampa Bay side of the ball, I'm really worried about uh, Mike Evans. I know you're talking about an outlier with him getting literally zero points last week. Um but this season, you know, he he hasn't been super successful uh, like a lot of people would have hoped. I know I took him in the third round of my draft because um, of his outlook, especially with Adam Humphreys going to Tennessee. Uh, but in week two against Carolina, he was targeted eight times, but only had four catches for 61 yards. So, you know, and, you know, the yardage 61 yards is is more than a lot of receivers get. Uh, in weeks if you're second or third string guy but um he's big enough I mean he's 231 pounds and he's at least 6'5 um so I want to see more production out of him but with the way that Carolina locked him down uh that they I don't know I I'm nervous to have him as a must start um, I think he could be a sleeper, but like you said, it, you know, the travel, not everybody travels well, so that that could impact him too. So there's a lot of factors that make him a must start for me this week. I think, you know, talking about how you might need guys like earlier when I had previewed Thursday Night Football based on injuries or buys. I mean, you kind of have to start him, especially if, you know, you don't have the wide receiver depth. Um, but I'm kind of looking looking for some sleepers in his place. I might start Auden Tate in Cincinnati over him just because of the matchup. I know they're playing against Baltimore, but I kind of like Tate's uh, outlook a little bit more than Evans in this game. So I think it just depends on how well you think he's going to rebound from his his game against Carolina the first time and his zero last week. If you're Mike Evans, you're not happy about that. Um, so I, I think it's kind of up in the air. I'm just a little nervous to start him, but I agree with everything else you said. All right, then. Uh, I guess we'll move on to the Saints and Jaguars. Alessandro, talk about the Saints and Jaguars. <laughs> you kill me, Smalls. All right, so uh, Uncle Rico is going down to NOLA, I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check that. But it's uh, Uncle no, Rico I think it, first. I, thought it, I think it's in Jacksonville. Oh, it's in Jacksonville? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I was mistaken. But... 
again, it's still Uncle Rico. Uh, he's going and he's fighting the the Catholic saints. Sorry, I had to throw that in there just for shits and giggles. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it is in Jacksonville. You are correct. Um, the New Orleans Saints have been hot since the um, the the Hall of Famer they have. Uh, he left, and I've been loving it. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, former first round pick for the Minnesota Vikings, QB extraordinaire, got hurt. You know, he had rehab, and he got cut by a team, went to the Jets, uh, rehab with the Jets, and then uh, we traded him to the Saints for a pick in this past year's draft. And Teddy Bridgewater's been doing pretty good, you know. He's looking like his old former first-round pick self, and that's and then that's good. You want to see guys like that bounce back, and he's been bouncing back, and I hope so because New Orleans has a $100 million wide receiver, so I hope they would do something. Um so in this matchup, you know, but, you know, the other flip side of that is I have to talk about Uncle Rico. Damn, Gardner Minshew has been phenomenal. Like, who thought this guy was going to do anything good? He lost out to Luke Folk in Washington State, got drafted in the fifth or sixth round, one of the later rounds, and was sit behind Nick Foles until, well, he was uh, stuck behind Blake Bortles and then Nick Foles until Nick Foles got hurt. He came in and just lightning in a bottle. Really, uh, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. This guy has been phenomenal, and he's boosted his team. Guys like DJ Chark, uh, you never heard of. I mean, he's just, hello, who is this guy? And now you're saying, okay, he's a must-start fantasy uh, wide receiver. So when you're looking at this game, there's a couple of things you have to look at. And one of the big things is matchups. So, um whatchamacallit, the uh, Jaguars are a pretty good home team. But in terms of yards allowed, they've allowed the most, well, not the the most, but one of the uppermost, in rushing yards allowed. They are eighth, uh, right behind the Green Bay Packers, for yards allowed. They've allowed 136.6 yards per game. But in terms of total yardage, it's kind of lopsided. They're one of the uh, more... um, Bottom scale, mid-pack teams, give or take. Uh, they've allowed 683 yards. So you could definitely rush against them. So uh, Alvin Kamara is still one of the big ones. You you obviously would play, but this is definitely a uh, favorable matchup where you could get a lot of points for him. And then the other one is uh, passing game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like I said, has been complete fire, and he's just been going off, helping the team out. Greatly, and, you know, no one expected this. He's been throwing touchdowns, and he's been boosting Michael Thomas in this regard. And so uh, against his Panthers, uh, not Panthers, excuse me, wrong Southern team, against this Jaguar team, uh, they've been pretty good uh, not uh, allowing runs. They've allowed um, 15th worse, so... Literally in the middle of the pack, they've allowed 245.4 yards, two wide receivers, uh, or quarterback yardage and wide receivers, technically. Um, so far, they've allowed 1,227 passing yards total. So I kind of like, you know, Michael Thomas. Again, first-round pick. You're going to start him, no doubt. Uh, but other guys I would start in this game, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I'm not super confident in playing him 
in uh, single QB leagues, but definitely in Superflex. Totally want to play him. Um, I'll play the Saints defense, but I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air about it. I'm kind of leaning towards no because of how good Gardner Minshew has been with DJ Chark. And, I mean, again, like I was saying, going by the numbers, you know, the um, New Orleans Saints, I could not think of the team. They are just about the same in terms of passing yards allowed. They are literally one <laughs> above them or one of the worser ones below them. Um, they've allowed 255 passing yards per game allowed. They've allowed 1,275 yards total against them. So 48 more yards allowed for New Orleans Saints. That's four, four and a half points, almost five points right there alone. So uh, Uncle Rico can actually throw the ball, and it's going to be a, uh, something of a difficult matchup for him. Um, running the ball is completely different. Uh, again, I've never liked Leonard Fournette. He's good talent, and I know that, and I can respect that. But I think he's going to have a hard time going against this New Orleans defense that is led by Demario Davis. Again, I love Demario Davis. When he was on the Jets, you know, he was he's a good, strong, run-stopping middle linebacker, and. He's definitely done it. Now, New Orleans ranks in the uh, upper half of run defenses. Uh, they've allowed 108 yards, uh, 108.4 yards attempt per game. Um, only allowed 542. And I mean, think about it, they played the Saints, uh, not the Saints, the Rams. Um, I, hold on, let me pull their entire list. But like they've allowed high powered um, running backs. You know, not really bear them down, which is pretty good when you come think about it. I mean, so far the Saints have played the Texans, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bucks, Zeke Elliott, Chris Carson, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, that tandem, Todd Gurley, and Malcolm Brown. These are running backs they've gone up against, and I don't think Leonard Fournette's not in that kind of caliber anywhere. So I think. Uh, Sorry, guys, but I think he's a sit this week or a flex at best, like because with the uh, bye weeks. I, I actually, and I'm I love Fournette. I'm always gonna love Fournette, but I, I kind of agree with you. Like it's it's not he's not an automatic start. Not like he was last week. I felt or actually not not two weeks ago against Denver. Right? That was the one where. It was like okay, you have to play him this week. This is Denver, but yeah, no, I agree. If uh, the one thing that I'm looking at, like, okay, directly Chris Carson, right, is someone who struggled against the Saints, fumbled a few times. Carson only saw one target in that game, but he's also seen games where he's had seven targets. So take it as it will, but Fournette is heavily involved in the passing game. So that's the one aspect that kind of keeps him afloat. That's why I'm not in the, you have to sit him automatically either. But, yeah, if there are better matchups that you're faced with, um, and you can still get the volume because that's the thing. A great matchup is is great and all, but if the player doesn't get the volume, you know, I'd much rather go with Fournette. So if you players that you think are you can project a similar volume but better matchup, then yeah, I, I agree. Find ways to get around him. Uh, just to kind of add to your point about the Jags' run defense, uh, they've now after through five weeks are the worst ranked run defense according to DVOA. I know it was the Colts and Chiefs last week. Chiefs didn't do themselves any favors in that regard. Colts got a little better. Still not great, but yeah, the Jags, I guess, uh, 
Uh, I mean, they just got run through last week. <laughs> That's what happens when you face McCaffrey sometimes. He just completely demolishes your team statistics for the season. <laughs> the average uh, the average doesn't uh, doesn't do kindly. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like even the the Saints' defense is difficult to go with because Gardner Minshew is playing so well. I was gonna say the like thinking the exact same thing as you said it. Um, it's tough to trust that that team, although they do shut down the run pretty well. But still, I mean, even if I look at run DVOA, they're only they're only average. So it's not like they're an amazing run defense. Kind of just get the point that Fournette may be worth playing. But I, I understand the the hesitation behind it because I too am not looking forward to this matchup that much. Kayla, how about you? Um, I just wanted to touch on you know you guys talking about Gardner Minshew a little bit. Uh, first off, just a little tidbit. You can edit this out if you want to, but I knew he was good when he was at East Carolina with me. So uh, ECU should not have sat him his junior year in favor of, I believe it was Philip Nelson. Everybody called him Jesus, but in this case, Gardner Minshew was better than Jesus. Um, but it it was a shame when he transferred to Washington State. Uh, for his senior year, but um, I think playing Gardner Minshew this week is a good stardom call. Um, I know in some leagues, or probably in a majority of leagues, he's not owned. Um, I know my most important fantasy league that I pay $100 a season for, he's not owned on team. I'm the only team that doesn't have multiple quarterbacks. Uh, I always roll with Phillip Rivers, but I'm thinking about picking him up this week and keeping him for a while. He has a buy in week 10, but in week six, he's going against New Orleans, who has a 28th-ranked pass defense. Next week, even though he's on the road, he's at Cincinnati with a 23rd-ranked defense. He does come home to play the Jets, who have the 10th-ranked pass defense, but also, sorry, Alessandro, we all know Jets aren't very good. So that could be a favorable matchup for him, despite what the statistics so far this season say. Okay. Um, and then uh, in week nine before the bye, he's at home against Houston, who has a 25th ranked pass defense. So when you got buys coming up in week seven through 11, uh, and then, you know, 12 in your case, if you're the Chargers with me and Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, he he's worth rostering for sure, just because of his matchup and the way that he's played um, in standard leagues. He has at least 20 points in every game he's been in, including Kansas City. Uh, when he came in for Nick Foles, and that wasn't even his lowest uh, performance of the season. So I I like him. Um, he's a quarterback that is made for the NFL, in my opinion, with what he's able to do with the players that he's got and the team that he's on. Um, he's making the most out of what people might have thought was a kind of a nothing offense. Um, so I really like him, not only this week, but in is a quarterback one until his bye and then he comes back and he plays at indianapolis and i know indianapolis just shut him down but it's still right now they're the 22nd ranked pass defense so he has a lot of a lot of favorable matchups coming up and i just had to talk about my pirate and by the way pirates are better than uh panthers when you guys were talking about cartoons and mascots earlier thank you <laughs> uh yeah for me pirates always had the uh stds and it was never fun so, <laughs> wow, so, that that got dark quick. I mean, I was gonna say it's a pirate. I know the pirate debate is actually a pretty prevalent one in in society. And, and well, nerdy. She, she went to ECU. I went to WCU. So I have to take a shot. It's it's the Battle of the Carolinas thing. It's, if you're in Carolina, uh, and now you're insulting schools. Okay, not just humans. Okay, gotcha. No, no, no. Not, not, no, no. You're not just insulting pirates. You're just insulting an entire campus and the student body. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just taking a shot across the bow. It's okay. They 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 take it not shots a lot in different ways. Um, look, in terms of this, 
I, I agree with you, Kayla. I think Gardner Minshew should have started. If he, if he didn't start, if he started ECU, then things would have been different. We would have seen this roll out differently. But it is what it is. And honestly, I, I, I want to start Gardner Minshew. It's just that I, I'm not fully sure about him. It's the same thing with Daniel Jones. I want to start him in fantasy, but I haven't seen a sample size large enough. It's like the Patrick Mahomes last year. I had on my bench for a little while. I also had Tom Brady. And he had more favorable matchups. But Mahomes went off, and I kept him on my bench because I'm like, okay, he's doing good, but is he going to sustain this? Obviously, he sustained it because I was dumb. I hope, I hope by the end of the year you started playing him, though. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like, like week four, I was like, all right, I, I, I got to start playing him. I need okay. the points. So I stopped At least four. I thought, I thought you were talking something like you were going to wait till week 10 and like, Ugh, maybe this seems real now. Okay, at least week four is, is more respectable. You may have no, caught I mean, so- Wins, but, I, yeah. I I need I need uh, you know once is a you know happy accident twice is a coincidence three times it's a trend. For right now, I haven't seen three times with each of these quarterbacks. Well, I've seen I mean, nothing nothing like Mahomes was, but like Kayla said, like it's been uh, close to almost twenty pan- fantasy points depending on your scoring setting every week. So he's been one of the more consistent quarterbacks. And he's and had twenty four in multiple weeks, and he had thirty two last week. So. Just the the outlier was at Houston when he only threw for a touchdown and just over two hundred yards. But in what ended up? What was that? That was like a it was a thirteen ten game as well, right? That game was kind of meant right. for the run. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll start taking a harder look at him. Maybe starting him. But for right now, I want to stick with the dangerouses, the Mahomes, the Bradys. I want. Keep with my guys for right now, most because I got Wilson and I really like Wilson and Watson. Well, my, obviously, uh, you're going to start them over Minshew, <laughs> but in a league where a lot of quarterback injuries are coming on, it seems like each week, I mean, you know, he's more consistent than Daniel Jones, like you brought up. And, you know, the fact that he's, you know, at least still available in a majority of leagues, I mean, that's insulting. <laughs> this is what he's dealt with his him entire up. career. I just picked him up this week, Kayla. It's it's a league where every year, I'm like, you, yeah, I have Phillip Rivers every year, and I'm, I'm, I've am i yes. had it. Like, I, I still have Rivers on the bench, but I picked up Minshew, and like, I'm starting him this week. Like, Rivers has been too inconsistent this season, and now that Melvin Gordon's back, you just expect more running. <laughs> um. Okay, and there's there's a good uh, this is a good game we can play. So obviously, Alessandro named the ones you wouldn't start. I'm faced with a decision right now: am I going Gardner Minshew or Jared Goff? Uh, and I'm kind of leaning Minshew. I don't know. If yeah, that's I would, Minshew. especially with the. Well, I mean, hold on, we'll get to San Francisco when we get to San Francisco. You're getting us off track here, damn it. Uh, well, no, Kayla, but no, I think. I mean, I don't think we're getting off track. I think that's exactly the crux of it, though, right? Like, because I mean. You know, we talk about how bad, like, this isn't a great matchup, as you know, going against the Saints, but it's a much worse matchup than what Goff has against the 49ers, and who seem legit. Like, that pass rush is pretty brutal, and I know the, the Rams have a decent O-line, but I don't know. I think, like, I'm fairly confident I'm just going to stick with Bidshu in that league. It's the going for two writers league, and I'm one in four, and, like, it's a 16-team <laughs> league, so I cannot afford to, to lose any more weeks, so I think I just had to make a change because um, I've I've, been, I've had golf since week one and just stuck with it. I you know it's a single quarterback league, so I didn't bother drafting a backup. Uh, yeah. Or no, I did. Yeah, I did draft Foles super late, and then when Foles went down, I picked up Minshew and I haven't started him. <laughs> kind of like your apprehension with Mahomes, right? But eventually, it just rubber meets the road, and I got I got to do it. Uh, but yeah, Kayla's right though, because he, he is in certain leagues available. Because I, I did again, I did just, just pick him up this week in another league that uh, coincidentally I'm also one in four in that. 
I should stop talking about the league that went forward. I'll talk about my 5-0 and league instead. Maybe that will make people more encouraging. Anyway, so I think are we done with this? Or Kayla, did you have anything to add? No, I'm I'm good. I got my Minshew bit in and we're good. All right, so then you want to talk about Washington-Miami. No, you got to say it right. We got to swim on down to Miami with this. Yes. One second. We have a, a special soundtrack for this game. Because it's going to be exciting. Welcome to week six, the Super Bowl of the 0-5 Redskins at the 0-4 Dolphins. The game no so, one cares about. <laughs> that is except, not true. This is going to be one of the most exciting games for me the entire season. I don't want to hear it, Alessandra. Um, so this is personal for me. Obviously, everyone knows that I'm Dolphins managing editor, and I'm really praying that I get to write about a win. I think there's actually a chance. I might be a little biased, but I have some stats to back it up. Uh, it's also important for me, you know, like a lot of people know, I have a younger sister. She's a Dolphins fan, but our parents are Redskins fans, and we're all going to be together this weekend. And, you know, it might be a pretty horrible game, but we're going to be all excited and have a huge rivalry. Uh, so with that being said, Start with Washington, who's going down to Miami. I'm starting Terry McLaurin in all formats. He's the best offensive player, aside from, I feel, Colt McCoy on the Redskins. Um, He can break through defenses for the long ball. He's the leading Washington wide receiver in every game that he has played this year. And he's finally not listed on the injury report with a hamstring problem. I really like McLaurin, especially against the Dolphins' defense that is 25th in the league. Although the Dolphins' defense is getting better each week, 25th is still not great for a guy with the skills that McLaurin has, and I just hope whoever starts at quarterback is able to utilize him in this game for the Redskins that could also be their first win. Um, I'm also starting Adrian Peterson. Miami is 32nd against the run, and Adrian Peterson is a big body guy who should be able to pummel over some of the Dolphins' defense, um, and his north-south running will work in his favor, despite what uh, the coaching staff and the Redskins feel about him. Uh, Now we don't have to worry about what Jay Gruden says about his north-south running because he is not there. So I also like Chris Thompson as a start. He's going to aid in the rushing game, and he should be able to destroy the Dolphins on the pass as well. Um, For sleepers, I have wide receivers Paul Richardson and Trey Quinn. Just because they're playing such a poor defense and they could get more looks, I think there are obviously better wide receivers out there on your waiver wire, but this game could actually bode well for fantasy for both teams. And it's unlikely that a lot of these players on the Redskins or the Dolphins are owned. So they should have a lot of sleepers. Um, I like Colt McCoy as a starter, except I'm worried that they're going to start Case Keenum. Uh, The report that came out yesterday after their practice said that the Redskins will roll with Case Keenum as long as his foot injury doesn't uh, pose him any setbacks. I think Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. I'd like to see the Redskins go with McCoy just to give him a chance. I feel like McCoy is, for lack of better words, been shafted in his career. And uh, I think, you know, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, uh, especially down the road in other seasons and the Redskins aren't going with McCoy, trade for him. Kayla, uh, um, I do I do have to interject real quick so I could help you out. Uh, Case Keenum is officially the QB. Oh, God. Okay. Well, then Cole McCoy is not a sleeper, but that really disappoints me, and I won't talk about him anymore. <laughs> um, Sorry. I, 
It's okay. Um, I think the Redskins' defense could also be a sleeper just because Miami's offense is just atrocious. Um, I think they have a chance to get turnovers. Uh, Rosen has thrown an interception in every game. They'll get points there. This game could easily be low scoring, um, but it could also be high scoring based on how terrible both defenses are and just we really don't know what to expect out of the teams. Um, Washington is proven to put up points Miami hasn't but Miami can also get turnovers in this matchup um so for the Dolphins I would start their defense um we don't have quarterback uncertainty in Washington anymore with who's starting thanks to Alessandro's uh, update but the uncertainty of the play of the quarterback is still there uh the Redskins also have a lack of wide receivers uh unless you know the sleepers come through and what I just said with Richardson and Quinn uh Jordan Reed is still concussed and the tight ends haven't really been uh any sort of a factor for Washington um Miami's defense could honestly be their best chance to score points in this game. Um, Washington also penalizes itself more times than not in their games, which will help Miami's defense stay on the field, force turnovers, and also force miscues for Washington. Um, Also starting Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. They're the only healthy normal starters for Miami in the passing game, and I think Washington is prone to the big play ball, which has been in Parker's favor, especially we saw in week four against the Chargers, and the Dolphins took their first and only lead of the season so far. Uh, If Preston Williams can learn to catch a touchdown, he's going to have a big day. I like both of them just because of the injuries on the team. Um, for sleepers, I have Kenyon Drake. He's probably on waivers or on your bench at this point. Uh, the Redskins have the 25th ranked rush defense, and this could be his one of his biggest games of the season, let alone his biggest. Um, he needs to redeem his fumble that he had against Dallas on the five-yard line that everybody is still talking about in the media for the Dolphins. They need to they need some sort of proof. Fans need some sort of proof that Kenyon Drake is still the guy to go with, especially with Mark Walton climbing the depth chart and outplaying Kalen Ballage. Um, I like Isaiah Ford as a sleeper. He's a likely number three wide receiver because Albert Wilson is most likely out with his hip and Jakeem Grant is still dealing with a hamstring injury who is also reported to likely be out. I think Ford is a touchdown or bust person but with the way that this game could go he could pick up a lot of points especially in PPR I also think Josh Rosen is a sleeper he could pick apart Washington's defense and in their games if his wide receivers wouldn't have dropped the touchdowns his stats would be way more elevated than they are I think this game is going to be back and forth the only problem with him which is why I wouldn't start him well I'd probably keep him as a sleeper anyway but because the game could also be very low scoring with the way that these offenses are struggling what do you guys it's think? funny well uh, i it's funny how you, um we agree in a certain case but for different reasons you're disappointed case keenum starting because you want to see colt mccoy i'm disappointed case keenum starting because i want dwayne haskins to get starts i think he's the most talented quarterback on that team and i don't i i think he's a better quarterback than daniel jones and the nfl doesn't seem too big for jones you you avoided the patriots matchup but i think let's just let haskins start this is going to be his team. You may as well give him as much experience as possible. This is a wasted season. Just go with – and this is a winnable game, as we said. What, why, what better game to start Haskins than right now against this Dolphins team? As his first like introduction to the NFL, it's perfect, and you just build off that. Instead, they're going with Case Keenum coming off a foot. Like, are you kidding me, Washington? That team is so poorly run. But anyway, that's my rant for the day. 
it 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 you know not biased at all because like it's not 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 that I have Haskins in a, a contract league or anything. Oh wait, I do, but <laughs> like but still like this is if 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 everything's about making Haskins as the franchise quarterback the best possible version of himself as you can, well, there's no better game to start him than this one right here. So that t- I I get not playing him against the Patriots. Don't want to ruin his career, but now that that's out of the way, you get, you go from like the best team in the NFL to. <laughs> at least the only other team that's as bad the only other team that's as bad as you are that and the Bengals right like those three sorry Caleb those three teams are trash and if Washington just play Haskins I don't get it um and I don't know that I don't know that Colt McCoy is better than Case Keenum uh the one thing is Keenum's had great rapport with McLaurin although McLaurin did all right with uh McCoy and obviously the Patriots defense limited it, but yeah, I, I definitely love running McLaurin here and you, you're make good points that Peterson and Thompson are definitely worth playing as well, especially Peterson. I think uh, if, if you if you still have Peterson on your team, it's you're doing so because you can play him this week and then get rid of him after this. Cause he's probably useless for the rest of the year, but this is the game to play him. And, uh, and then uh, dolphins wise, you have Parker ahead of Drake. I, I agree. Preston Williams is the guy to play here, but I think Drake's the next guy. I think I'd rather play Drake, especially considering, you know, Ballage is basically the third guy now, and he's not going to do anything. And Mark Walton, I mean, there's a reason that guy was a seventh round pick. Even before, and this, and he didn't have any like red flag character issues in college. That was all after. It's he's not that talented. Drake Drake is to me very clearly the most talented running back. And it's again, it's like just play the most talented players. Come on, Miami, figure this out. It's been years of this. Uh, and again, this is, I think this will be a great game to be honest, because both of these teams probably don't want to go, they want to tank, but neither of them want to go 0 16. And they know their best chance to do both of those things is to win this game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm looking, uh, I expect this to be a pretty good contest. I, I, and I love the Isaiah Ford call. I, I remember I really liked him coming out of college and then just seventh round pick or undrafted. I know Miami took him super late and then just there <laughs> he was buried. And then Rosen, you're, you're right. Rosen's a good sleeper pick. Yeah, especially in two quarterback leagues, but I don't know. I didn't think Isaiah Ford was going to make the roster, but then when he did, I had to, you know, kind of look into him a little more. And uh, I think, you know, he has, he could play in the slot too, I think. Um, So definitely for PPR, I think he has a chance to truly be a sleeper Um, because most likely with the way Washington will cover, I mean, I'd put more guys on Parker, even though I'm not a fan of Parker. Um, So that could open up. Williams and Ford so true yeah I mean he again he has the you know he's disappointed through his career he's still a, a was he a first round pick or at least a second round pick in the NFL Parker draft was a first round pick, yeah he was yeah. a first round pick yeah he still has that cachet right that reputation and the yeah. size and the frame of it and <laughs> you know it, I mean his reputation now is of a huge bust but yeah. Still, you're right. Like it, it probably is where defenses will look more. And I, I think if you're going to play any quarterback in this game, it is Josh Rosen, because I, I don't know that Keenum's like super secure in playing time in case the foot he could aggravate his injury, or if he just plays poorly and they do what I say and just go with Ken Haskins. <laughs> um, now I guess Rosen's been it's been pretty much fifty fifty split with Fitzpatrick almost every game, which. What did they do? They I know before the bye week, didn't Rosen get most of that game? Like it was finally a game where they let him. Yeah, have he it. started. Yeah, he started. And then I... Fitzpatrick only came in because Rosen got a little banged up for a couple plays, but Fitzpatrick saw like a drive. And then Rosen went back in. So they yeah. they've gotten to the the comfort. Okay, he's comfortable enough with the playbook. We're gonna see what we have with him, right? Which is what everyone kind of suggested they should do. And that any you know the fact that you were even making this a quarterback competition was 
just showed how poorly run this organization was. Because if you're going to trade for Rosen, as a, giving up a second round pick, you better he better be the guy for you at least that year, right? So it seems like they're going to go to that now. I, I see him as more likely to play the whole game than than uh, Keenum. Kyle, uh, the other thing I want to say here is uh, when you're talking about a poorly run team, it starts from the top down, and that's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan Snyder. Oh, God, I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. I can't. And here's the thing. Kayla, I'm sorry I have this on you a little bit here, but Colt McCoy is not a good quarterback, not in this time. <laughs> and neither, but to her credit, neither is Case Keenum. No, no, no. no. He, 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 Case Keenum is a competent quarterback. He can yeah. get you through the week, but he's not a long-term solution. He makes a lot of plays, and that Miami Miracle last year is pure and utter luck. Like, the only reason why they got the, the Minnesota Vikings got to the playoffs last year is complete and utter luck. Honest to God, it really is for me. Because, well, I mean, the only, the only reason they won that playoff game two years ago, I think, is poor tackling. Like, the, the Saints should have won that game. Like, Case Keenum kind of backed his way into his only playoff win. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. Honestly, though, he's played the best of his career in these first three weeks with Washington, which is the strangest thing in my mind. He's had way better teams, and he suddenly picks now to play well. Like... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally agree with you. And, you know, I'm not saying he's a really great quarterback and, like, he really did back himself into it. But, like, there, there's a whole lot of bad things with that, including the Saints getting shafted because they can't freaking tackle properly. But, um. At least no. that guy can't. No, he couldn't. But, uh, here, okay. So he, here's my thing I like this, the, the Scary Terry P1, F1, whatever his nicknames are now. Uh, Rick and Terry Morty. Morty. Scary Terry. Scary Terry? I like, Scary I like that. Rick and Morty. <laughs> I like I like that pick, uh, but I don't think he's the only skilled player. It's AP. He's the Angels wonder. I like him a lot, especially against these guys. Not 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 a strong fan. Chris Thompson. I know he could get it done, but I'm not a strong fan. And I like the sleepers, the Paul Richardson, Tway, uh, Trey Quinn um, calls. I do like that. I, I really do think they, they'll get the call. Um, like I said, not not huge fan of Case Keem or. Um, your boy Colt McCoy, but that's he neither he here nor there. Um, I'm, I I like the uh, the sleeper for Josh Rosen um, because he's been named the state the starter for the rest of the season by uh, Brian Flores. I think that he could do good. Obviously, like Kyle, you said, you know, you trade for him, so you better start him and you better get him going. Um, not a fan of Drake. Um, it's not it's not my cup of tea. Um, I would put Preston Williams ahead of Devontae Parker. I think Parker's a little bit overrated. Um, I think that you guys lost your only good wide receiver when you trade away Kenny Stills. That's my take. But, I don't know. Parker was good, and now he's not. I, I don't know. <laughs> what? He was, when was he good? <laughs> okay, I should... Re- uh, I yeah, should re- please enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 should, I, I should restate. Um, he was good in a tandem. When he when he wasn't getting you know shafted by every single good or decently uh, good cornerback, I should say that he had good games at times. You are correct. There were there was a couple yeah. games here or there. Where he you blew up. Um, but I would not start the Miami defense because really no, I, I would not because here's the thing. Even with Case Keenum at quarterback, yes, even with Case Keenum, because hmm. like I said, Case Keenum has enough football con- uh, knowledge. He's not that totally incompetent like we make him out to believe. He's incompetent. Don't get me wrong. He really is. But he's not that bad. He can make plays, and he can get going. And the other thing is, 
Because all he has to do is give the ball to Scary Terry or AP, and it's over. <laughs> so I'm not starting the Miami defense for that simple reason. But I'm definitely not starting this Redskin defense because, as we know in football, anything can happen. So I agreed with that. I actually think both defenses are pretty playable, to be honest, just because I don't trust either of these offenses to – I don't trust anything. I don't, see, I don't see either of these teams blowing the other team out. It's going to be a close contest – so neither, it's not going to get into a big track meet where one defense is going to allow a huge ton of points. It's going to be close. It's, I mean, there's probably no, no, going to no, be turnovers. I, I will agree with you. I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be more of a shootout because these big oh, okay. defenses are terrible. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. That, and that is the possibility, too. It could actually be a, an incredibly entertaining offensive game because both teams are so bad. That That is true. Uh, but then, I mean, if you – the problem is, especially on a bye week, or they, on a, on a four-team bye week – you know, I know, are I there know. really that many great defensive matchups out there? Like, I certainly would rather play them than like a, and we'll get to this in a couple games. But uh, like, Houston's playing Kansas City. I'm definitely playing both of those defense over Houston's defense. Like, I know I know the Colts shut them down last week, but that to me seems the anomaly. We'll we'll find out soon. But uh, well, here know. you know what we could get that later on, and we could start talking about it. But first, Kyle, won't you fly us to the frozen north? Well, it is a dome now, so it's never going to be that cold anymore. But shut yeah, up and just do it. And the Vikings. Uh, speaking of that that NFC divisional game that Keenum won, and then that next matchup is the uh, you know this is a rematch of that game. Uh, not that Case Keenum's there anymore, and he had his chance in the rematch and actually did all right earlier in the year as we referenced because uh, the Eagles' pass defense is pretty brutal all year. Like it's uh, and and now it was yes, bad. It was bad when they were healthy, and now their top corners are hurt, so it's even worse. Um, but you know, I, that obviously means better fantasy news for Carson Wentz, who, with all the quarterback struggles, you know, it, at this point, it would really not surprise me if he finishes the year as a top five QB, just because Rodgers is really disappointing. Goff, who could have had that, like that, you know, early last year was QB two for most of it, and then kind of struggled, and since then has just not been up that pedestal. And um, so, yeah, I think Wentz is a, at this point, Wentz to me is a must start every week. Obviously, in single quarterback leagues, things are – it's never truly a must-start because you, you never know what other options you have at quarterback because they're so readily available. You could potentially have a guy, but I, I don't know. It, it, I, it would be really tough to get a team where you had like a Deshaun Watson and Wentz together in a single quarterback format. That I don't see how that you'd, you would compromise the rest of your team so much that you'd, you're better off trading one of them. Um, so, yeah, Carson Wentz is a must-start every week. Zach Gerds is obviously a must-start every week. Uh, he's still a tight end one, even though he's struggled. And uh, the numbers haven't... The target shared in certain times has been there. It was last year. Not quite the same, but he's still a tight end one, and you're playing him. And I think Jeffrey looked pretty good coming back from the injury last week. Uh, and that was that was on a short week, playing on a Thursday. And he still looked all right. I know his snap count... Uh, actually, I think it was pretty up there. Against the Packers, he played in ni- uh, 93% of the snaps. Yeah, so... He had no ill effects of the injury, it seemed. Oh, no, sorry. It's two weeks ago, yeah. Packers, 81% and then 93%. So, yeah, in these last two games, it seems like he's off. He's no longer injured, so he's fine. He's a good go every week. Uh, and then on the Vikings side, Dalvin Cook, I think he's still the RB1 overall right now. Um, so, <laughs> you know, good luck benching him. Like, who do you really have that you can bench him for? Even if it is a tough run defense. He gets enough involvement in the passing game that he'll never get fully shut out of a game script. Uh, and then Adam Thielen, I think, 
I mean, this this seems like a game where they're going to have to pass more. So Thielen is going to get tons of targets. I mean, even last week he had eight targets uh, on how many passes did Cousins throw? Uh, Twenty-seven, and he had eight targets. So you know he got the more because no one else had. Uh, oh, Dalvin Cook had six targets, and then after that, no one else had more than four. So it does seem like those are the top two weapons on the team is Thielen and Cook. And then Diggs kind of comes in as the third. So I still think Diggs is maybe worth playing because the matchup is so great. But this Diggs, I think, is now at that point, and Cousins as well. You, you know, you're, you're picking them in matchup dependent spots. And this is the matchup for them, I think. This is the game where it's a good team that they're probably not going to be able to just run the football against. This is going to be a team that's going to score as much as they will or even more and force Cousins and Diggs to, to kind of start connecting. So I think this is the week you play them. You don't really get excited too many weeks to play them, I think. But this is one week where I think you can. Uh, because of the game script type of shootout, I definitely favored Miles Sanders to Jordan Howard. Howard's had great run the last couple of weeks when they've been against teams where they could just run the football against to, to ha- you know, nurse leads and stuff. I don't think they'll get that this week. And this is a much tougher run defense than what the Jets and Packers offered. I mean, the Vikings right now, according to DVOA, are the second best run defense in the league. The Bucks are the only one that's that's higher, right? Like, this, like technically, they're they're better defensive efficiency than the Patriots do. So that tells you something about their run defense, and it's not surprising. I mean, we expect the Vikings, I think, coming into this year to be one of the better defenses. So the fact we're seeing it tells me, yeah, Howard is a sit to me this week. He's had great performance the last couple weeks. But uh, Miles Sanders actually got the most red zone opportunities last week. So this whole idea against the Packers, it was perfect. It was Everything was set up for Howard to do well. It's a defense that he tends to do really well against, and his style kind of fits just running right at the middle of that, of that defense. Whereas I think this is a game where they're going to have to rely on Sanders as a dump-off option more. Also, it could mean more Nelson Aguilar as well. Uh, especially if, um, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, the Vikings slot corner. He's been hurt the last couple weeks. I know they keep thinking he may come back. But if, he, if he's out again, I think Aguilar is a pretty good play, actually. Even though he's disappointed. And then Kyle Rudolph, I put him in here. Does anyone actually still roster Kyle Rudolph? If, if you do, just get rid of him. There, there are better tight ends to go after. Um, but if you do, you're definitely not playing him. So, uh, Kayla, any uh, comments or criticisms with this uh, Eagles-Vikings take? Uh, no, I think you hit everything basically on the head. Nothing really to argue about, so no, I'm good. Also, I, I pulled the Eagles and targeted everyone in the head. I mean, what? Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I was not hey, going I, for that. Uh, I'm, hey, hey, Kai, I'm, not I'm bitter. taking a sauce over here. Can I borrow some <laughs> of that salt? Sorry. I mean, are your Jets okay, Alessandra? I know you played them last week. Did anyone... Get severe concussions? Are they targeting any of your players in the head? No, no. All my wounds are self-inflicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I'm just the, the bitter uh, bitter brat over here. We'll say brat. Alliterations are awesome. Uh, but, okay. Did, um, well, thanks for informing me that. Do you have any... Uh, what do you think of my information about this game? Anything you would agree with or disagree with? Yes, there's something I very much disagree with. Miles Sanders. I'm not okay. playing him. I'm playing him? That's fair. He, he is an up-and-coming rookie, and, and I'm not denying that at all. He's an up-and-coming rookie, and he's going to be good. But Jordan Howard is getting the workload. Honestly, he is. And, you know, the past couple of weeks, he's been getting the workload. You, you've seen it. And Miles Sanders has been doing good. I'm not going to deny that. But when it comes to total workload management, it, it seems like it's all going towards um, Jordan Howard. And it, it really is. I mean, obviously, he... Didn't exactly run all over the Jets um, just by looking at uh, his uh, stats. But so here's his stats going forward. 7.5 for Washington, 
3.6 against Atlanta, 9.7 against uh, Detroit. He had 32.5 against Green Bay, and he had 12.2 against my Jets last week. And then, you know, if I go over and I stick my head in and check on Sanders, you know, he had 3.7 against uh, Washington. He had 6.7 against uh, Atlanta, 12.6 against Detroit, 7.2 against Green Bay, and 10.4 against my Jets. So, I mean, looking at that, it, you, it seems even in terms of, um, you know, points, except for Jordan Howard and the damn Green Bay game. Yeah, the, game, the three-touchdown game, right? That's kind of been their difference in production this year. Yeah, but when you look at it, one's getting more of the receiving yards, the other one's getting more of the rushing yards. Like, Jordan Howard got 62 rushing yards on how, whatever many carries he had. 13. 13 carries. Okay, uh, Miles Sanders against the Jets, uh, he had nine carries for 15 yards. Yeah, that's a bad the average. Only reason why, yeah, the only reason why he actually had the uh, production is because he had four catches for 49 yards. But but therein lies the issue, right? Like if that, And that's why I think he, he, I favor him to Howard this week because this isn't a game where they're going to be able to run on the Vikings. Howard's not going to, on 13 carries, isn't going to run that efficiently against the Vikings as he did against the Jets and frankly what he did against the Packers right this is Vikings defense is on another level Sanders was third on the team in targets last week only Jeffrey and Ertz had more so really I mean that's because my team sucks (laughs) well is it though because that that's normally their target order convention and and, I mean really like Jeffrey only had eight Ertz had seven right they'll normally get more but I think that order is kind of intact where Sanders is going to be you know maybe he'll get maybe Aguilar will get more targets but I think he's going to be fourth at, at worst, on the team and targets. I mean, yeah, you're right. But if, if we're going off of that, I mean, what happened during the Green Bay game? You guys are really good passing How- defense. And, jo- and Jordan Howard got the targets. Mm-hmm. He got three targets for 28 yards and that touchdown it through the air, plus the groundwork. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's actually, and you know what? for Jordan yeah. Howard. Eh, fair enough, but I just I, – I wouldn't play – honestly, I would lean on not playing either. That's more true. I would, I would go I'm that definitely more. not playing Howard this week. And I, I get not, I'm not playing Sanders. That's why I had him in the maybe. But, I mean, to me, definitely don't play Howard. I, this is this is the game where he's going to get exposed. Because, like you said, Green Bay, bad run defense. Well, they, he ran right at him. Vikings, one of the best run defenses in the league. It's going to be tough for Howard. Mm-hmm. So, I think if we can have the consensus, just ignore the Eagles running backs and go with, obviously, Jeffrey Ertz. And, I, again, I think Aguilar is going to have a, a good game. It's uh, It's definitely a better... He's faced, you know, this is a tougher defense, technically. He's faced some tougher cornerback matchups, certainly against the Packers. He was he had Traymond Williams on him the entire game. He, that's going to lead to nothing. Because um, they also didn't use him in the proper way to beat Traymond Williams. Uh, the Cowboys kind of did with Cobb. They started using Cobb up the field, and that's how you beat Traymond Williams. Um, anyway, I'm talking too much about a Packers corner right now. So, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about your game, Alessandro? We've got the Browns and Seahawks. Yes, let's uh, fly over some steaming pile of brown. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little salty about this too. Look, so okay. I love the pun, so don't don't have to apologize for that. I'm not apologizing for a pun. I never apologize for a good pun unless it's yeah. yours, and then it's because your puns are really really punny. Um, yeah, that was just for you. So look, we we saw the shootout Thursday night. Uh, Seattle Rams came down to that missed field goal from Greg DeLeg and you know 
But it spoke to everything on much more of a higher level. When you got um, when you got the Rams, it, it, it's hit or miss which Rams you're going to get. Are you going to get last season Rams or are you going to get Super Bowl Rams? And we're seeing both this season. And I'm not saying that the Seattle Seahawks are a really good defense. Like In terms of defense, they are one of the better ones. I won't deny that. In terms of um, rush stop. But in terms of passing, they're one of the worst ones. They've allowed 20, 270 yards, 1,353, 1,353 passing yards through the air. Now, in terms of the run game, oh, they're one of the better ones. They are the fourth best. at. They've only, only allowed 80 rushing yards against them per game. And they've allowed a total of 400 rushing yards. I mean... And when they both of them are not have a bye week, so no, none of them had bye weeks yet. So there's that. <laughs> um, can't say anything about that. Um, but I mean, they, they really are. They've really won the better ones, and I truly do believe that. So when it comes to this, you know, you look at the four and one Seahawks versus the two and three Browns. Their wins, the Browns' wins came against my Jets when I didn't have Sam Darnold in my O line's trash, and. Their, um, let's piggyback Nick Chubb against the Ravens. And then we saw what happened Monday night. <laughs> they got smacked around. It's the O-line again. So when you look at this, the Rams versus the Browns, you can't help but wonder what you're going to get. Well, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get Danger Ross being Danger Ross and just doing things. You know, Stephen A. talked about on his show, um, First Take, how uh, good quarterbacks have to be before we define them about raising their offense. Russell Wilson is a quarterback that raises his offense. He's known as the magic man. Danger Russ. There's a lot of reasons. And you know what? I love him for it. He's not invincible. He will get sacked. He did get sacked against the Rams. They did notch a sack against him. But he got four touchdowns. 263 yards, four touchdowns. He rushed eight times, 32 yards for it. You know, he will move. He's not afraid to move out of the pocket. He's not afraid to go upfield, and that gives him a dual threat uh, capability. So you're going to play Russell Wilson. Chris Carson has been a lot better. He really has. Um, he's not fumble last game, so he's trending in the right direction of being a lot better. Um, Rashad Penny. I like Penny. But this is one where I would trust uh, the running backs here than over and in Philadelphia, Kyle. Because Carson will give you the – sorry, I just got the update. Vontaze Burfist is still remained uh, suspended for the rest of the season. Oh, tragic. The rest of his life, hopefully. Baby steps. Baby steps. Anyways, back to something more football relevant. Chris Carson, he's getting the rushing yardage. There's no denying it. He'll get a target or two in the past game. But the past game belongs to Penny. And I like this. I like this dual capability running backs. When I say that, I mean like one back for each thing. Chris Carson's getting the groundwork, 27 carries. There's no denying it. They're not going to take that away from him unless he gets injured. Uh, Penny, he's getting... Or, or he fumbles. Or he fumbles. He fumbled his entire time, won in every game, and he's still getting the rush for Come on now. Not every game. He, I don't think he fumbled last game. I don't think he fumbled against the Rams. No, he didn't. Is, and so that's why I said, and, and, and then that's right, why he got all the carries. That's why he's trending in the right direction. <laughs> well, um, yes, yes, you're right. He is. So, give me Penny, give me Carson, give me Danger Russ. As far as receiving goes, 
I like Will Disley, especially with Nick Manette over to the Steelers. I like Will Disley. He's been a very good big body target. Um, you know, when the Jets played the um, the Browns, and this is and the reason why I'm bringing up the Jets because I'm a fan and because this is very relevant. The Jets have one of the worst offices with Luke Falk. Well then, anything else that bad? <laughs> um, they have one of the worst offices with Luke Falk under center, but yet the tight end did pretty good. They were able to get points. They were able to move the ball with the tight end. So if they could do that with a really terrible tight end and a really terrible QB, imagine what a really good QB and a semi-decent good tight end can do. Again, he's trending in the right direction. I like him. I'm not saying anything bad, but he is assembly decently good. I need to see more of him. But he's trending up, and I like that. <coughs> so I want Will Disley. Give me, obviously, Lockett, Metcalf. I'm not, I'm not trusting Jaron Brown. I know he got the targets, but he also had a fumble. So you take what you take. You get what you get. Um, and then give me the Seahawks defense because – they're just going to start marking on them. I mean, they have five QB hits against Jared Goff. They did not change sacks because of some very bad trickery by Foot Locker. I hate him. I really do. But they did get a forced fumble or a forced fumble and fumble recovery off of Todd Gurley. So I like, uh, I like that a lot. As far as the Browns go, like we were talking about earlier, Kyle, don't trust Baker Mayfield. If you have any releaks, drop them. Just drop him. Not not in Superflex, but yeah, single quarterback. No, no, I, no. Even in Superflex, I think I have to drop him. Honestly. No, you're not dropping him. You're not dropping a starting quarterback in Superflex. You're not. You, at the very, just trade him. Just trade him for at least a depth. Okay, piece. okay, there we go. We'll, we'll starting quarterback. Him. You never drop starting quarterbacks in Superflex. We'll trade him. We'll trade. Like him. even even considering Breeze is going to miss most of the season, I, I guarantee you in most Superflex leagues he's still rostered. Like no one dropped him, and and if if they did, someone else picked him up because that's the value of starting quarterbacks. But right. yes, to your all point, right, right. Fine. Yeah. single Trade quarterback, him. I agree. You can drop Baker. The O line isn't good enough to make him worth playing it pretty much every week, including this week. No, it's not even the O line. It's it's Baker at some point. At uh, some point, you, at some point, you gotta stop blaming the O line because the O line can only do so much against good defenses, <laughs> or so, or so little, or so or so little defenses. I mean, I mean, the Forrest Buckner, Nick Bosa. You know, Quan Alexander. These are really Solomon, Solomon Thomas. Thomas. We can, the, the, there's so many names to name on that list. There's so many first round picks. There, there, there are. I mean, you, there's only so much you could do against a really good pass rush defense. There really is. So you really can't continue to blame the O line. But when Baker had time, he overthrew throws. He underthrew throws. I mean, we got to blame Baker at some point. And Rex Ryan, to his point, is overrated as hell. And so. <laughs> I'm well, not I'm not necessarily going to disagree there, but it depends on what we're rating him as, right? Like, we're talking... Odell Beckham Jr. Ben, had ben, one pass for 20 yards, and he had a higher QBR rating than Baker Mayfield. Come on! Well, th- he completed it. It's one for one. <laughs> so you're going to get a good QBR if you go one for one. Garrett Gilbert had a higher rating than Baker Mayfield, and he missed his pass. <laughs> Deadass. I mean... How does that Baker, make sense? He I went don't zero know. for one. <laughs> I don't know, but the rating thing says QBR 1.4 for Baker with a rating of 13.4. OBJ, who completed his pass, has a QBR of 98.4 of a rating of 118.8. Garrett Gilbert. I mean, honestly, 188 probably led, the, probably led the NFL last week. 
or maybe not. But it, it probably would have been top five. <laughs> oh, the most definitely. So oh, it's, it's higher than that's, <laughs> Although, well, as, as funny as we're talking about this, I'm just, you know, glancing through Twitter, uh, there's some CFL trades going on, so important stuff. But uh, ba- pretty much someone saying, Baker Mayfield is just a glorified Mitch Trubisky. And to that point, I think that kind of feeds into what you're saying here, though, is the he's inconsistency. He's Manziel. He really is. No, he's not. <laughs> don't, don't you. No, that, not yeah, yet. That, that's, no, not yet. I mean, ba- well, I mean, not ever. Baker's already shown way more in the NFL and professional right, football, right. frankly, than Manziel ever has. Manziel, Manziel doesn't have the mentality to be a professional athlete. He's there's a reason he's never going to be an athlete again. Baker is a Baker is a, a NFL caliber quarterback. Okay, okay, I won't go. The there. only thing I they have in say- common is the fact they both played for the Browns. And I mean, hasn't ba- hasn't Baker already won more games than Manziel ever did? I'm pretty sure he has. I think he did. I mean, last year he probably did. No, I, I, I won't hate him that much. I won't go that far. All right, but still, Man, I'm, still, I'm sitting Baker. I'm sitting Baker. Um, I'm starting Nick Chubb. While uh, I do think that, and I have said that the Seahawks defense is really good in the rush. Um, I need to start someone, and with four teams out, I'm starting Nick Chubb. I feel more confident for Nick Chubb than Baker Mayfield. Um, as far as the pass goes. Uh, you're gonna have to start OBJ. I would start Landry. Um, he seems like he's healthy, so I agree. Yes, um, healthy enough. Anyone else? It's no, not really. There's no one else really I could really start. Um, Callaway's got the talent, but man, if he can't catch the ball, he's I over agree. three. He's over three. <laughs> I agree. It's he can't start him yet. He, Callaway's got to prove it first. I agree with you. Those are like pretty much the only three players you can start. Chubb, as far as the Browns, you can't even start the defense because you know Russell. Oh no! Run oh no! Yeah, Seahawks. That's honestly the Seahawks are even if they don't put up massive points, are usually one of the worst teams to play defenses against, just because they never turn it over. So you're not you're getting that opportunity to get a pick six or whatever. The sacks might be the only thing you'd bank on, which I suppose you could with the Browns, because that that pass rush is pretty great. Like it's, they've got really good pieces that team, but they've also got horrible pieces to that team. They've allowed four QB hits against the 49ers and two sacks, and the 49ers have four QB, uh, four sacks and nine QB hits. Yeah, so there. No, you're right. You're right. It's definitely, it's not great to play their their defense. I mean, but the Seahawks defense, I don't know that that's a great play either. Again, you you're banking on sacks there, maybe a turnover. But the Browns could also, they've got enough talent to put up the pieces. I mean, because here's the thing, the, the Seahawks don't have a corner to stop Beckham. They don't have a corner to stop Landry. No, but they have the pass rush. To exactly. Hit, you're you're hoping that the pass rush gets them every there. time. Because if Baker's even given an, a little bit of time, I think they're going to, I don't know. They need to start, Kitchens need to stop using Landry so deep down the field, to be honest. I think that would help. Put, back, put OBJ in SQB. You got it. Well, then who's he gonna? I guess he could throw to himself. I mean, Mario Mariota could throw to himself. I'm sure Beckham could find a way. <laughs> Kale, what do you think about all this hoopaloo? <laughs> um, so I think uh, the Seahawks defense could actually be a good play this week uh, until Freddie Kitchens and you know whoever is helping running the play calls in Cleveland stops mismanaging the the team. I think there's just going to be more discombobulation on the offense, and the offensive line is a struggle. Um, 
obviously I agree with you, Alessandro. Um, and I do agree with you, Kyle, somewhat. Uh, but you can't – there is there has to be a line drawn of how much you blame the offensive line and how much it really is Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's his second season, so now teams have tape on how he plays and scouts on what, what he does. Um, so they can better prepare for it, unlike last year when, you know, he's it's his first year in the NFL. Um, I just the way that Seattle is playing, um, they did cause problems for the Rams, even though that was a close game that did come down to Zerline's miss kick ultimately at the end. But um, I think Seattle has shown consistency over the last few games and is a is a strong team um, and has to be in the consideration talks for one of the favorites in the NFC. Um, but that being said, I I don't trust Cleveland's offense I don't really trust their team I like the Seahawks as a sleeper this week do I think there are better options yes but I'm not uh counting out their defense in any capacity or in any format um I also really like the Will Disley call I'm huge on Will Disley um as long as he's healthy he's a factor uh you know he he is more of a blocking tight end also now which I wish there was less of I mean we saw it a lot more last game against the Rams he only had four tar- targets but he did catch all of them uh, for 81 yards he was held out of the end zone for the sec for the first time since week one second time this season um, but that being said he still does have four touchdowns in his last four games two coming against Pittsburgh and then one each against New Orleans and Arizona so he's he's a threat in the past game whether he's in the red zone or not and clearly big playability if he only caught four balls for 81 yards the 81 yards was the most he had this year um, he's been teetering between 50 and 60 when when healthy the touchdowns have helped him but you know if he's going to show the consistency either in yards or in touchdowns, then uh, he has to be a must play. I mean, he didn't get a touchdown last week, but he outscored tight ends who did. So it, I like the combination of even if he doesn't score, he's definitely a factor. Um, and then obviously Tyler Lockett, I really like the play also. I would play both Lockett and Disley if you had them. Um, I know you mm-hmm. don't necessarily like playing multiple offensive players for the same team, especially in the pass game, but I think this is a special kind of circumstance. Um, Lockett has only had eight targets in the last two games, a huge drop off from when he had 12 and 14 respectively at Pittsburgh and against New Orleans at home. Um, But he, he shows that he can get open. I wish, you know, his targets would go back up, but he hasn't dropped any of those eight targets and he's had 51 yards in both of those games. I mean, he did have that miraculous touchdown last game. Um, I think He's a lower end starter than Disley just because of the matchup with Cleveland. I think, like you guys are talking about with Chris Carson, I think Carson has a chance for another big game and could have a better game than Lockett. Um, But you can't deny that Wilson also likes him as a touchdown threat as well. It's just to to more on that point, Kayla, with Disley. Yeah, touchdown threat. But as you said, he doesn't. He's not touchdown dependent necessarily. He had a pretty successful game last week, even without scoring. So, uh, and I think part of it too is he didn't get targeted in the red zone. Uh, He's had six so far this year, and I think all of them happened between weeks two and four. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as long as he's getting targets in there, it seems like he's scoring them. I mean, like you said, six red zone targets and four touchdowns. So his catch rate in the red zone is pretty great for a tight end. That's 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 pretty awesome. And, you know, try finding, you know, 12 tight ends that you'd rather play than him. I feel like that's a pretty futile task. So Disley, I think is in the range of must start pretty much every week. Yeah. Uh, and so Lockett's also obviously a good play. And I mean, the thing with Lockett is his efficiency is so great. He doesn't need a big volume of targets 
it, it does help if you can get 14 targets obviously you'd love that but he doesn't need to to, to at least give you a, a fantasy performance you're comfortable with can uh, sink your week completely right all right so now uh the moment i think we've all been waiting for houston texans at kansas city chiefs what a game this is going to be especially considering what Tex the texans are coming off of and you know, i think the chiefs are gonna be pretty mad coming off their game so kayla let's uh let's talk about this game Sure. Obviously, for Houston, you're starting Deshaun Watson. He had an incredible game last week. It did help that he had Will Fuller show up for the first time this year. Um, Fuller had 14 catches for 217 yards and erupted for three touchdowns. Uh, so he now has three touchdowns on the season. Um, so great day <laughs> if you have Fuller. Kind of reminds me of that Mike Evans uh, three-touchdown game a few weeks ago, too. Um, but obviously, you're going to start them. Um, I think this is another shootout opportunity for Houston like they had last week. And uh, a rebound game, like you said, for Kansas City, um, especially if um, Patrick Mahomes' ankle holds up. I know there's a little bit of a rumble about um, him being questionable still. I know it's only Wednesday, but it did look like he was not mobile uh, like he has been the whole year with an ankle issue. He stuck it out. He stayed in there because that's the kind of player Mahomes is. Um, but I'm concerned with Kansas City's passing offense a little bit if uh, Mahomes is not 100% with that ankle. I personally don't think he's going to be 100% just by the way he was hit and the way he was walking around and his inability to move. Um, but nevertheless, if Mahomes plays in any capacity, uh, it's still going to be a back-and-forth game. I don't think Mahomes is out unless he injures it in some way with the remaining days in practice before Sunday. Um, I'm also starting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you probably took him in the first round of your draft if you have him. So you've been pretty disappointed, um, but he's due for a breakthrough game and due for touchdowns. Uh, this is the game that he can do it with uh, the, the capacity that the game is going to be, hopefully, as a back-and-forth game. Um, I also am starting Carlos Hyde. I like that he's now really the official number one back in Houston. He had the most carries uh, last week for the entire season. Um, I do like Duke Johnson as a sleeper. He could be used as a target in the passing game, especially if it's back and forth, like I said. Um, yes, what was my other thought on that? I'll remember it later. Um, but I also like uh, kicker Kiami Fairbairn for Houston. Uh, he, I think, is going to have a great plethora of options for field goals and extra points in a high-scoring game. Uh, if Kansas City gets a stop, I think Houston will still be in field goal range. Um, and I think they should get points more so than not on all of their drives, even if it's a field goal, which is why Fairbairn has to be considered a start of the week for kickers, in my opinion. Um, I also like Houston's defense, but only if Mahomes is out. Matt Moore comes in, shout out Dolphins. Uh, but Mahomes is not as mobile right now, um, which could also increase the sack count and could cause fumbles. Um, I think they're a sleeper, but only by monitoring how Mahomes does throughout the week. Uh, on the flip side for Kansas City, I like Damian Williams. Uh, he's the lead back, and he's been targeted in the past game. Uh, LaShawn McCoy didn't get any carries last week when Williams was back, and he struggled in the passing game, which tells me that Kansas City, even though McCoy is a favorite to head coach Andy Reid, they're going to use Damian Williams more. Um, it had nothing to do with how the game was going. I think uh, they could have used McCoy if they wanted to to help them, and they didn't. Um, so I also like Byron Pringle as a start. He was a favorite target last week and erupted um, when McCole Hardman and um, – shoot, what's his name, Demarcus Robinson, uh, were covered 
um, for the defenses. I I think that with him being kind of the open guy and the the passive um, three on the wideouts, that he he became a factor. I mean, no one really knew who Hardman was or Robinson was until that big game against Jacksonville Week One, when Tyreek Hill went out. Um, so I like Pringle, especially because. Robinson's um, production has gone down, uh, but if he can catch those high volumes of targets, he moves into a start instead of a sleeper this week. I'm a little scared to start Robinson. I also like McCole Hardman as a start. Um, if he can catch his high volume of targets also, he has a shot to pack a stat line. He's also due for a touchdown, in my opinion. Um, but then I also have a sleeper as Tyreek Hill. Uh, Andy Reid said Monday that Hill will play if he can practice fully this week with contact. Um, so that's obviously something to monitor, but I think if he plays in any capacity, you have to start him at least in your flex. Uh, I think whenever Hill's on the field, he he's going to catch the ball, he's going to kick return, he's going to punt return, he's going to get the football in some way. Um, so if he if he's cleared to play, I play him. And, yeah, I think that's it for uh, Kansas City and Houston. I love the Damian Williams call above all. I think maybe other than Kelsey, he's probably the best start for any Chief this week. Uh, as you mentioned, if if the passing offense is struggling, A, it probably just means they're going to run more, and B, dump-offs to Williams will probably happen a lot more often. So uh, it seems like, just based on snap counts, as talented as McCoy is, and he, I mean... He's pretty, still pretty talented. He still has moves, but um, it seems like Williams is definitely the guy for them. So, yeah, I I think at, as long as he continues to, I mean, I, I, snap counts have never been like huge with him. It's it's sixty six percent week one, fifty two. I think it was fifty six this last week. So as long as he's around that range, I think he's a must start every week. Uh, if Hill plays, I don't really want to play any other receiver. I mean, I don't know the Pringle or Hardman are that great of plays if Hill's there especially Hardman. Um, I think that they kind of play really similar roles. But again, if they're out, if, if Hill's out, then yeah, I think they are pretty decent plays. Uh, I love the Carlos Hyde call. Uh, on Duke Johnson, I think I'd lean more towards the start. Uh, we the, cheat, the Colts kind of gave us the blueprint last week. Run the football. If you run it down their throats, which again means tons of work for Carlos Hyde, but I think Duke Johnson gets enough carries as well uh, in this game. I know last week he got some red zone. They both got red zone work. Uh, specifically red zone carries so they're not afraid to run it with duke johnson it's not always going to just catch the football which will certainly help in this game if they do get down but if uh they're trying to kind of ride out a lead then uh i think hyde and johnson are both worth playing and yeah fairbram's probably the best kicker to play this week always go for games that you think will be high scoring and that certainly was what this one it looks like it's going to be alessandro any uh comments no, I think you guys hit it all on the head. I'm almost in complete agreement. I'm just more hesitant than you guys to play certain players. But for the most part, I'm in uh, agreement. All right. Well, uh, I think this wraps up part one of our preview. We'll do the uh, the other seven games shortly soon. Uh, peeking behind the curtain here. Uh, these episodes probably won't be released at the same time, even if they're kind of recorded at the same time. Uh, but anyway, so thank you, Alessandro and Kayla. You made a good episode, and yeah, we're still over an hour and a half, but it's not as much as sometimes. Uh, but yes, uh, this was the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. You can follow your hosts, Kayla Morton at MortonSalt74, Alessandro Senator at AM underscore Senator, and myself, Kyle Senra, at Nyama underscore KS. 
Be sure to, uh, as always, check out the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate that. And uh, be sure to check also check out the Full Press Radio Network. It's streaming live 24-7. Uh, with some live broadcasts, actually, not everything's bribe, live, but uh, we uh, are syndicated on that as well. So uh, you can always catch us there. And as always, enjoy your football. This was, uh, again, Kyle Senra for the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. <laughs>